You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everyone, it's Mel here, editor of the show and voice behind Faye Dawson. We're coming to you today with something a little different. Our team will be going on hiatus for the month of October to focus on creating the shows you know and love, as well as revamping our Patreon with new exclusive content. Details about that can be found on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thebardiccollege. Today we're giving you a glimpse into some of the new material we're working on for you at our Patreon. This is a new segment I like to call Cthulhu Corner, where I'll interview our cast and get the answers to your questions. I sat down with the cast of Cthulhu and Cairo to discuss the RP choices we face during our show. I'm sure you as listeners hear a choice we've made and are screaming, oh my god, what? No, please don't do that. So I wanted to ask my fellow cast members about how they feel about their choices. If they regret anything they've done, any moment that they feel is most impactful, or if there's anything that they could change. We hope you enjoy this glimpse into our Patreon-exclusive content. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege with subscriptions starting as low as $3 per month. As always, we really appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. So tonight's question is all about choices. You know, it's an R- it's a role-playing game. We're faced with choices every single time we get on mic. So I want to know what big choices haunt you. Would you take any of the choices that you've made so far back? And which decisions do you feel have influenced the story the most and or your character or characters if you have played multiple? Would Scott like to start? That's an easy question to all three. <laughs> so uh, let's 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 uh, let me clarify there. So you said what what choices haunted, and and I guess in this way we'll be talking about John Schooling, right? Not uh, I mean Bottom's still a bit new. Yeah, he's he's not so, seasoned yet, so yeah, we can no. focus on Schooling. He needs to he needs to marinate a little bit longer <laughs> in the brine, the Cthulhu brine. Yeah, John Schooley. So what decision haunted him the most? I have no idea. What decision does he feel had the most impact on the direction of the game and the story and the most impact on him personally? I mean, I could I could pick out, you know, Keeper had mentioned a couple of things. I could pick out those key moments, you know, the things where he definitely pivoted and changed and grew and his focus changed and what have you. But, I mean, you know, John was like embracing those you know, occultish ways, the, you know, the knowledge, the one to grow in it. And when he was faced with the opportunity to see something and what he felt maybe understand something from beyond, um, he just took it wholeheartedly and, um, and foolishly. And, and so when he, when we're confronting the creature in, in, in the mountains, you know, he stood into the void, stood, stared into the void, the void stared back. And he thought he could, you know, like, oh, let's let's use this. And I mean, John, John felt, you know, immediately, personally, directly responsible for the death and destruction of an entire village, of his friend Sid, of untold violence and unknown violence as this creature is possibly rampaging across lands and continents, and the effect of what we heard from, you know, from Mueller as how it's escalated. I mean, I, it's the moment, right? Oh, yeah. It's the moment that uh, that drove him insane, drove him away. Definitely led to some of our most uh, heart-wrenching 
episodes that I think we've had to date. It's and and I respect the keeper for it, you know, because it's like I rolled the rolls. It was good, but um, keeper held my, held it held my feet to the fire. You know, he he uh, could have he could have taken it easy. He could have been like this or that, but uh, but it's you know it's the it's the consequences of the decisions that you make and the result of the rolls that you make, and that's um, what makes this game pure you know we all play in the story and we all enjoy the narrative and we get enraptured in this sort of novel that we're writing together week by week but we are playing a game and in those games you have to roll dice and you have to you know, things happen and the keeper has to say hey that's what happens people die you know we end up losing tragically yeah it's great no that was a lovely answer we'll move on to kayla the big answer, or the short answer, I should say, is I regret nothing. Okay. I don't, I don't believe you for a think second, anything. but let's roll with it. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> what? I regret nothing. I, I do not regret staying in the room when Mueller shot me. I do not regret being a vigilante. The, okay, you want to know what I regret telling you guys so soon, but because every single one of you was so intent on getting at this person who you barely knew and you thought she was going through your stuff. She wasn't. She just wanted a hairbrush. She wanted a hairbrush. That's literally what the keeper told me I was looking for. He was trying to scare you. I wanted that reveal to happen a little differently, but because of circumstances and the fact that everyone was so on edge from just the first prologue basically like everyone was so freaked out after the cultists the egyptian cultists then in germany we were all on edge because it was pre-nazi stuff and it was just not a good place to be so we were all on high alert so when i started doing my secret shit my secret stuff people were like okay who what what the hell but um big decisions like one of the i think one of my favorite decisions was letting Aveline base, like go after the kids, the kids on the island, the plague island, because this whole time she's been listening to you guys, or at least the two, the prologue and the two chapters beforehand were like, okay, yeah, you want me to be, you want me to use my contacts to help our main mission? She didn't really have any like vigilante heroics. And inside, she really is that pulp hero who just wants to do some good after doing so much bad in her childhood. But yeah, that I really appreciate the keeper letting me spread my proverbial wings and to create a plan to actually save them rather than just let them die. So, that, yeah, those I regret nothing though. None of my decisions I regret. <laughs> No, it was 100, going after those kids, I mean, it, you know, we were all just so worried, and I know that it really raised the tension, but it was so in character for you, you know, like, it's, I couldn't imagine you not going after those kids. Take away the fact that I lost the sanity roll, but that is what she would have done anyway, like, I saw them, like, okay, I'm going after them, I can't do this, this is ridiculous, if we're not saving at least innocent people along the way, then what the hell are we trying to do? Just step over yeah. everybody on our way to what power in the end, because honestly, just, again, it was it was a whole complex situation. But I and now with Ella again, like Vadim, she's not seasoned well enough yet. She still needs like three hours in the fridge. But okay. Ella, like, I wanted to bring her back, so that decision was great. All right, so Lauren, 
any yes. any possible decisions that haunt you any choices that you would take back what do you feel what choices do you feel that you have made that have influenced the story the most hit me i'm i need to know oh i'm gonna tell you oh i'm gonna tell you Catherine has many regrets i have many regrets i can tell you what i don't regret but i feel was important i felt it was an impactful moment in the story but this is not a decision i regret capping richard dawson i feel was essential you bastard we're gonna no it, put, it, was. Put a, it was put a pin in that put a pin in that hold on wait, wait. I, I was muted the whole time because i don't want to be a part I, I wanted mel to handle this that is the coldest bitch slap i've ever heard i'm sorry go back into your cave keeper uh, no it look i it was heartbreaking but it had to happen i mean the man was in the floor like, yeah a mess no it it completely he made was sense. pulp he was pulp on the bottom. This I was saving father. him. I know. I'm talking about, you know, it's still a little fresh. It might not seem like it. I'm a little mad oh, at him oh. still. <laughs> Listen. But yeah, so continue. That was a choice that I feel was very... We joke that, you know, Catherine's the, you know, healer, mom friend of the group, but she's also killed a shit ton of people. Mm-hmm. That was one that made sense. One that I feel did not make sense for her. And this was the player succumbing to pressure. I didn't want to do it. I've regretted it ever since. I should not have shot Matthew in the head. And here's why. Listeners, if you've been with us for a while, if you've been with us for five minutes, Mel and I are best friends. We've been this way since we were eight. We are. So what's about to happen? I'm sorry. Okay. You Uh had every reason to shoot Matthew in the head. Sure. I did not. Catherine did not. He just broke up with her. But Faye, I feel, was like pushing the issue because of, you know, personal stuff, which I get. I get it. But I regret killing Matthew. I shouldn't have done it. it I don't think it was fully in character. Listeners, tell us what you think. Like, like comment. We'll make a post when this comes out. Yeah. Let me know what you poll. think. We'll make a poll. I'm, I think a good <laughs> poll is, in, is needed. I don't deny that this guy was bad news, but in terms of like Catherine herself. Yeah, he um lied mm-hmm. about being dead and That's left her. Red flag. I'm not saying it's not a red flag, but does it deserve a bullet in the head? I don't think so. And then and then before we'd even had this big dramatic reveal where he lied again about this whole curse supposedly protective sigil thing on Catherine, before that had even come out, Faye pulls a gun and was going to cap him right in the head. What is my middle name? Impulsive Lunatic? Actually, it's Elizabeth, but Impulsive Lunatic is a close second. Similar letters. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it was right to shoot him. All right. So that's, it haunts me. I still think about it and get upset that I didn't play it right. Because I myself am a perfectionist. And I, I get a lot of, um, like when, I, when, when we turn off the mic... I'm very energized. It takes me a while to come down. I get so into it that it haunts me. <laughs> Nothing else has haunted me like this. I'm a changed woman. We've all Is that a satisfactory answer. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. We've, we've all been through the ringer. I think that's fair to say. Would um, you like to move on? Person who made me shoot my former fiance. Uh, I would. Person who shot my father in the face. Uh, Sid. Let's not get bogged down by who forced who to shoot whom. Let's not forget why we are here. 
Catherine has one more choice she regrets. Okay. Going to the gala with her uncle. The beginning of it? Yeah. That's fair. Like, if if Aunt Emily didn't have a cold and he needed a chaperone, God like, damn it, damn it Aunt, Aunt Emily. Emily. She really she really ruined everything for you. I Honestly, know. That's the real true villain in this is Aunt Emily, because... There's no reason why I should have been there. <laughs> All right, Joel. I was chaperoning an old pervert. Now look what happened. <laughs> Joel, how about you? Yeah? Any choices that haunt you? Um, anything that you wish that you could take back? Anything that you feel has really influenced the story? Okay, so I think, well, I'll take them out of turn. Influencing the story, as far as Sid goes, Sid Poulter, is I I felt personally that Sid was very peripheral and didn't really offer a whole lot until after the shot in Berlin. And that there was something about that event, for me, that was the buy-in for Sid. You know, it, it was the buy-in that made him part of the group. It was he put his life on the line for the group. So I think for Sydney, that was a, a, that was a very defining moment for him as a character. And I built a lot of his responses and the way he acted after that off of that and how I felt that he would have perceived his growth within the group. As far as things that haunt me, well, we'll, we'll go back to the thing that I would have changed. The thing I would have changed... I think is that I kind of went along with the Thelema visit and I never wanted to do it. I never thought it was, I don't want to say that I don't think it was valid, but it was the, an epic side adventure that went horribly and tragically wrong and, and never really had to happen. I think that it would to have avoided it possibly would have broken some trust with Faye because she was so hell bent on doing what she wanted. And I think at every turn in this adventure, no one has ever really put ankle shackles on chain on on Faye. Faye has, in every turn, whether we wanted to or, or not, busted through that door, charged into the fray, gone crazy, and nobody's ever really said absolutely no. And I think that is a situation where I would have done that. It would have saved her father. It would have. There was nothing that came out of that but pain. It was just a horrifically tragic moment in in my estimation. Things that haunt me were that. The solo adventure for me, Sydney's solo adventure, really spurred on this tremendous amount of thought in my brain of who was his character. And he started to germinate, to really grow. And so there was an entire history that I sort of built up in my head that I would try to employ as we game things that had happened before, things that he, you know, aspirations that maybe he wanted when he went back home. Some of those things I very lightly touched on, like when we wrote the letters and he wrote a letter to a woman that he had loved back in his town. But the thing that really haunts me is that I made a decision based off of his solo adventure and the way that ended to allow that to start infecting his character in the game to make the character more vulnerable or more three-dimensional, right? To not be just this guy that picks up and, and saves, saves the woman or saves the moment, you know, this altruistic person that I wanted people to see that he was more flawed per se. But in doing that, because that starts in the uh, cave on the way up to the top of the mountain, and then it sort of explodes while there uh, in the bones and everything. And, and I don't really regret how that went down. I think that played really well. But the vulnerability, I didn't get a chance because of how quickly he died after that, because of 
the fallout of everything that happened on the mountain of how everything sort of played out. And, and I'm absolutely not blaming Scott for any of that. Like, you know, I don't, it's just the way it's, we make choices in games just like we would in life. And, and those choices I think so far have made for real, a really great and compelling adventure. And whether Sid had to die as part of that, that's, that's okay for me. I would love to do something earlier in his life, maybe at some point, because I thought he was a very compelling character. But um, what I was sad about was that I never got a chance to steer the ship right again. So he died really sort of in this flawed place where he never got to come back around so that people could say, like, that's just a facet. So I guess that yeah, that's a very long-winded way of answering your question. No, I, I would say, though, that I don't think that he died in a very – I mean, sure, he had gone through some really bad, you know – mental hardships in like the past couple episodes before the fateful one but the decisions that he had made you know putting us first putting the team first making sure that we were safe I think that that was amazing and I think that you know it was it just fits so well and I think it was him kind of coming back coming back to his senses and being like I'm here this is what's important the team is in trouble I have to save the team so I don't think that he died in a completely, at least that's the way that I see his, like the character and his end. But right. I can also understand yeah, well, where you're I, coming from. Yeah. I mean, he's a redemption story. So, you know, he feels that he failed horribly at this pivotal point in his life and that he sort of cracked at that moment. And it's what led to things before the game of him leaving London and going halfway across the country of, of sort of hiding away from life in itself, but life still finds him. And so this, he sort of sees this as his chance to redeem, to help out these people. Like he couldn't help these guys during world war one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, and I think in that way it worked out really well. Uh, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the interaction that he had with all the members of, of the uh, group, uh, especially those, those toffee pudding moments I thought were very funny. And the uh, the fake fiance and there's there was a lot of great moments that I really enjoyed with him and and hopefully we'll we'll have those same things with um with Jack Cavendish. Oh, we'll I have, have to see. We'll have to see. I have no doubt he's he's a he's a charmer. That one. I'm, he's his own man. He's definitely his own man. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm not excited that I won't have a toffee pudding anymore, but I will have a pork pie. Oh and you know, <laughs> I'm just uh, excited to be back. Uh, for listeners, pork pie is the nickname uh, that I give to my old English sheepdog Rosie. She is my little pork pie. So <laughs> you wonder where, <laughs> and that's because I was thinking of a pork pie the hat, of the and, co- and she was my little pork chop. And I said the two together, and they accidentally became my little pork pie. That is so cute. We're bringing cuteness to Cthulhu and Cairo. Yeah, yeah well, it happens. <laughs> It has to happen. It breaks Don't it sound up. upset about that. It's a good thing. <laughs> Eventually, she'll be killed by an eight-armed monster that crawls out of the ground that Vadim let loose by, with a lock. Sweet mother who? What? Uh, what? <laughs> what is happening Adam's right not, now? Vadim doesn't let anything loose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your job. All right. I guess that we'll, <laughs> we'll finish this off with uh, my regrets. Uh, yes. thanks, thank you all for coming. Um, I regret- You got to do it in third person. You got to interview yourself. Uh so Melinda, um, any any regrets, anything uh, that you wish that you could change? Uh, why, thank you, Melinda. I am so glad that you asked me. Yeah, um, I'm not happy. Uh, with <laughs> there are a few things. Um, where do I start? Um, I don't think that headbutting Mueller when I met him was the right call. There I said it. Uh, running into the jaws of that creature might have been a little uh, 
premature. Um, and Thelema was, um, yeah, I think that Thelema was not my finest moment. Um, but you know, it's, it's all to do with how Faye is, you know, she is an incredibly, she's a lot of great things, you know, she's loyal, she's dedicated, she will always protect her loved ones and her team. However, she's also impulsive doesn't really think things through. Great sense of humor, though. Amazing sense of humor. But yeah, no, it's her main thing is she doesn't think. She's impulsive. And before these adventures, I mean, just the way that I played her in her solo adventure when she was, you know, 14 and traveling the Amazon with her father, it's you can see that, you know, she just doesn't really think about the long term. When I first started playing her, you know, that fateful day when we were all in the bookstore, I got up and I tried to talk the assailants down and I got a guy shot. Didn't think about anyone else there. That's her, that's definitely her big character flaw is that she's impulsive and she just doesn't think about the long term. So that's where the decisions come through. But also I wouldn't not go through with those decisions because it wouldn't be doing a service to my character. You know, it wouldn't be, cause that's, that's how Faye is. And with Thelema, yeah, it ended poorly, but she needed to do that. She needed those answers. She heard from the well and her father was acting weird and she had had these previous experiences and she just needed to know, you know, once and for all what was going on. And now she does know. And now she has to solve that along with all the other things. So yeah, not my finest moments. However, wouldn't change anything because it wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense. Now, will there be more impulsive moments? Sure. It's me. We'll see uh, how long I live. But yeah, I haven't died yet. And that's the important part. We're going to knock on some wood. All right, guys, thank you for doing this. Thank you all for joining. Can I just say that it was a wonderful way to say goodbye Stop to it. an old character. And that's a wrap on our first ever Cthulhu Corner. I want to thank you so much for listening. And I want to thank the players for indulging me in our first ever interview. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege where you will get more awesome content like this. Thank you so much for listening. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.